Welcome to the Hoodoo and Chill Podcast, the number one hoodoo and spirituality-based podcast bringing awareness to African-American spirituality and a wide range of thought-provoking topics. I am Papa Seer, your host, your narrator, and your storyteller. Before the show begins, make sure you're subscribed or following the show so you don't miss out on any episodes. And as always, donations of love keep our podcast alive and give us the ability to upgrade the show, enhance our content, and most importantly, do what we love. You can use any link in the description to send your donation of love today. Now, let's start the show. Good evening and grand rising or good morning and grand rising. We are here with a live episode of the number one hoodoo and spirituality based podcast, the hoodoo and chill podcast. It is me, Papa Seer. So happy to be here tonight on Clubhouse Live. I haven't done this in a while. So shout out to having time to do this tonight. Shout out to all of my clubhouse family because to be honest with you for those of y'all who don't know before before the hoodoo and chill podcast was what it was we started on clubhouse literally so all of my aspiring podcasters in the room tonight all of my aspiring podcasters that are listening all of my aspiring people here on clubhouse know that you can start something great something amazing right from where you are use what you have use what is available to you you never know how it will materialize in the future so family tonight we have a very special episode it's been a while since i've had a guest on the show with me tonight and we have a very special guest on the show a friend of the podcast a friend of the hcr family someone very near and dear and close to my heart the one and only the hood intellectual is here tonight i am going to open up the floor and let her speak introduce herself hey everybody um hey to everybody that already knows me in this space if you do not know me i'm rodea Ashe, better known as the hood intellectual i'm excited to be back here on clubhouse and to be on this podcast with you of all people I am so happy to hear to have you here on this podcast. I mean, I'm very proud of you. For those who don't know, this is my godchild. This is my goddaughter. And, you know, of course, she is here because she is my godchild. But she's here because she earned her right to be a guest with me tonight on the Who to Win Chill podcast because we have a very special, well-crafted episode that we put together for you all tonight. I think that tonight's episode... It's going to speak to the hearts of everyone. I don't care what your respective practice is. One thing about the Hoodoo and Chill podcast, we do not solely focus on hoodoo. It is a hoodoo-based podcast, but we also talk about all forms of black spirituality, all forms and types of spirituality that are aimed to make you think, provoke your thoughts. So my daughter and I, we have a ritual We typically like to call each other in the morning time because that's when we both actually have some free time to spend with each other, like first thing in the morning. And there isn't a morning that doesn't go by where we, when we aren't talking or we have an opportunity to converse with one another where we don't have a very deep conversation. 
And one thing I will tell you for those of you out here who have God children or those of you who have a God parent, you need to spend time with your God parent, call them, talk to them. You know, a lot of you all sit around and you wait on your God parents to pull up and say, hey, I'm going to show you magic today. Let me show you how to do this. And to me, that is a very unbalanced relationship to have with your God parent. A lot of the information a lot of the secrets and the knowledge that you will ascertain through your journey is going to come through just simple daily conversation. The same way that you put in that investment with your ancestors, the same way you put in that investment of time, right? With your spirit guides or your deities with God. You do the same thing with your God parent because they are a guide for you here on earth. We were having a very deep conversation about hoodoo and the evolution of hoodoo. And for those of you who have studied this on a historical level, you know that hoodoo has evolved numerous times. And I feel like we are right now at the renaissance, the awakening, the equinox, whatever you wanna call it, of an evolution of our practice, power, religion, magic, however it translates to you. But the controversy that we were talking about revolved around the absence of spirit work in hoodoo. So tonight, ladies, gentlemen, they, them, those in between and everything else, hoodoo rooted in African traditions has seen its fair share of changes over time. One aspect that has endured throughout its evolution is the practice of spirit work. Spirit work or the conjuration of spirits has always held a significant place in hoodoo. It forms a crucial part of the tradition, guiding practitioners and facilitating their connection to the supernatural realm. However, in a more modern iterations of hoodoo, we've noticed a decline in the presence of spirit work and the emphasis on working with spirits has diminished. But it's essential to recognize that spirit work has an integral part of hoodoo since its inception. It's time to shed light on this aspect and remind ourselves of its significance. We have personal and documented evidence that conjuration of spirits goes beyond just ancestral spirits. There is a rich tapestry of spirits that hoodoo practitioners have engaged with throughout history. It's important to remember that the intellectual knowledge of the spirit realm holds value, regardless of whether it comes from the doctrine of spiritism or from the wells of colloquial theology and tradition. The spirit realm is a vast and complex domain. And understanding its nuances can enhance our practice and connection to the supernatural forces at play. By exploring the evolution of hoodoo, we aim to bring back an appreciation for spirit work in this tradition. We'll dive into the roots of hoodoo, tracing its African origins and the deep spiritual connection it's forged. We'll then journey through time, uncovering how hoodoo has evolved and how the presence of spirit work has evolved alongside with it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hoodoo and Chill. Grandest Rising family, Rich Risings family, it is me, Papa Seer, here with your official invite 
to our next eight-week initiation into Spiritism course. Family, this is one of my best courses that we have ever put out to the public. I love it. We did this six months ago, and I can honestly say the people that did undergo those eight weeks with me, with my teaching assistant, I can see the difference in them. I can truly say that spiritism has changed my life. It has definitely opened up my practice in an entirely different way. So it doesn't matter if you are into the hoodoo tradition, if you are into the Wiccan tradition, if you are a Christian, spiritism, I believe, is an open door for everyone. Now, I do want to be upfront with you all. This is an eight-week course, so we are only seeking serious individuals who are prepared to commit themselves for the next eight weeks. The first set of classes start August the 9th, and they run through August the 30th. And this is your intro into Spiritism. You're going to learn exactly what Spiritism is how to invoke your personal spirit guides. We will have some ritual classes as well. So understand that this isn't just a lecture style class. We will undergo rituals throughout the eight weeks. So be prepared for that. I would say if you're planning on coming with us or if you're planning on registering, make sure that you have all white clothing and all white head wrap because when we do our ritual classes it is mandatory that you you know you come in all white now the advanced spiritist training that starts september the 6th and it runs up until september the 27th and we go very deep we'll talk about animal totems the laws of spiritism how to create and work with spirit dolls as well as more invocation rituals. Again, family, this is something that you have to be serious about. It is eight weeks of intensive training. You are going to be presented with a lot of information, but it's gonna change you. It's gonna elevate you. It is going to open up a realm that you didn't even know existed. I don't care what your practice is. This is a course that I can confidently say is going to change you. We are so flexible here at Kudu Conjure Root Work LLC that we have multiple ways that you can register. If you want to do a payment plan, those options are available on the website hoodooconjurerootwork.com under classes and services is at the top of the page as well as the course syllabus. All of our payment options do have the availability for you to use Afterpay. I know some of us like to buy now, pay later if you're like me that's available also for those of you who decide to just go ahead and register for the full eight weeks you are going to receive a discount the classes will be recorded so you will have access to the audio video course at no additional cost this is a 600 dollars value that you will get for less than half all right so i cannot wait to meet you all i cannot wait to see you all at this next course I'm excited and we are literally one month away. So again, go to hoodooconjurerootwork.com under classes and services, register for the spiritism course. We cannot wait to see you. We cannot wait to journey with you. And I promise you, this is an eight weeks that is going to change your life. So Miss Intellectual, the hood intellectual. I want to start off our conversation tonight with a question for you. And from your own 
words. There's no right or wrong. How would you describe the current state of hoodoo today? Well, it's a couple kinds of hoodoo, right? There's the hoodoo that y'all call hoodoo. It's not really hoodoo, right? And then there's the hoodoo that I know and love. But starting with the, let's call it the African system of magic, African-American system of magic, hoodoo that's being used as an umbrella term um, for various practices, hoodoo, ancestral veneration, conjure root work, all of which are very different things. Um, but they've all been kind of lumped together. And the way I see the current state, um, it's very commercialized, I guess would be the word. Um, it's trendy. And when people speak to me about hoodoo, whether it be friends, family members that know that that I'm a part of this practice or that I engage in this practice, they're always coming to me <laughs> for tips on what they can do to get back at somebody, how they can get over on somebody. It, it started to have this very negative connotation. Um, so the current state of hoodoo to me is it's being, it's more uh, used as a system. Like there are people are really using, leaning on the system as a system of harming more so than helping people. Um, and it appears that like the society at large is looking for the maximum impact with like the most minimal effort possible. So it breaks my heart to see it, but that's, that's how I see it now. How about you? Well, you know what? I think you made a good point and especially bringing up with the, I guess people's inception or their wants or why they want to engage, indulge, or even just do any type of studies when it comes or related to black conjure, who do conjure or root work, right? And from my experience, it's always from a want, a want perspective, very material. I'm in a jam. Um, I want somebody to come back. I want someone at all. I need some money. I need this. I need that. There's always a need associated with it. And it's always a need from the material realm. And when I... I don't think there's anything wrong with that because to be honest with you, I think that's for, for many of us, that is how this door is open. It's a red flag for me as a teacher, but nonetheless, is something how many of us are opening the doors into hoodoo. It's very rare do I find that there is just this authentic ancestral connection with people as to why they want to be over here. Most of the time, it's through a want. And you are very right as it relates to there being two versions of it. I think we have on one end, there are those of you who engage in the, I'll be honest, with the rape of hoodoo, which you can take from it, which you can exploit, what you can do to gain for yourself your followers, your ego, your bank account, your love life, me, 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 me. I want, want, want. I need, need, need. Can I get? Cause I want, cause I need, cause I have that, that song that y'all like to sing. But then there's another side of it where this podcast is the whole reason why we're doing this because you have a, there's this thirst for knowledge. There's this well of opportunity as it relates to elevation of spirit. 
Um, there is truly a renaissance of young practitioners who are here for all of the right reasons and who are gifted with, I mean, just unparalleled gifts. So I do agree with you that right now we are very much at a crossroads and either you are on this side of the fence or you are on this side of the fence. And unfortunately, due to the commercialization of our practice, this is why we are here. So that being said, where is it that you feel like we went wrong when it comes to this practice? When did the spirits leave Hoodoo? Oh, that's a deep, that's a, that's a gut-wrenching question to ask someone. When did the spirits leave Hoodoo? Hmm. Well, I think the spirits have returned. Um, I don't, I, I don't think they truly ever left a hundred percent, but I do think that there were periods where maybe, um, The ancestors whose blood that keeps this practice alive, where they may have turned their backs for just a moment, because they do do that at times, where they're not always in alignment with how we are carrying ourselves. And I think what went wrong is a double-edged sword. I think on one end of it is some of our fault. Then I feel like on the other end of it, it's, it's a vic- we're victims of circumstance. And I'll start with the victims of circumstance. Meaning, we forget how many people went to jail for practicing spiritual work. There are so many relics in New Orleans, in Alabama, of mojo bags, grigri, talisman, all sorts of fetish that were confiscated from workers who were jailed, executed properties taken from them. I mean, we, we, we have this image that hoodoo workers were so poor and these backwards people when that is incorrect. There were many who are very wealthy, owned a massive amounts of land. I mean, Voodoo John basically owned all of the French Quarter at one point in time, or at least a good portion of it before it was, you know, robbed from him. So because we were people of substance we were people of prominence in our communities we were rich not only in knowledge but also in material as well there was a target placed on us you were jailed if you were convicted of practicing spiritual work without a license we forget that spiritism did hide a lot of this, not necessarily Christianity, but spiritism really did hide this. And I have interviews that I can show you all evidence of that. But the second end of this is the other portion of it is that when we lost ourselves, you know, when we turned our backs on our own practice, when we hid things, um, when we forgot how powerful we are, when the etiquette of who we are is lost, when we want to invest in everything else, but what is authentic to your blood, that's one, two, three generations away, right? I think that a lot of us need to accept the conviction as a people that we have a part to play in this too. What do you think? For me, it's, And I understand that some of it was circumstantial as far as the laws that were put in place to keep us from our ancestral practices. But it's when we divorced the community, right? When people went underground, 
and they had to hide what they were doing. It became a lot more secretive because like, let's be real, that that element of secrecy has always existed. That's just that's just an African thing. You know, like (laughs) I think about African religions being kind of like sororities and fraternities. Like if you know, you know, like there's there's the stuff that you see and then there's the stuff that you won't know unless you really in. And if you really want to be in, you got to do certain things to get here. So we've always had an element of secrecy. But when I look at hoodoo today or what's being called hoodoo today, it's so easy for people to just get online and Google a shut up spell or. What is goofer dusting? How can I use goofer dusting? Oh, if you want to get back at an enemy, you just need to, you need three of these and two of the, you know, like all of this stuff, that this information that's supposed to be information that's so easily accessible, right? We, we have now, we feel like we don't need the community. And as black people, as the descendants of African people, as the descendants of enslaved Africans in this country, like we have to understand that community is one of our our greatest weapons and one of our greatest gifts. We literally need each other. And it's like counterproductive to me that you would have like a community of spirits on your altar. Anybody that I know that practice ancestral veneration, you might start off with one ancestor, but five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years in, and it's, it's not just one person on that table, right? You will have a community, a community of spirits in your home, but you do everything yourself individually. That doesn't make sense. Like, and there's a lot to this practice that is individual, but we still have community rituals. And I feel like the lack of community, like with this whole, and I can't knock what nobody else do, self-initiation and stuff like that. I just know when I've been at certain points in my journey, there was a community of people around me celebrating that milestone with me, right? That like, at the end of the day, we need each other. Sometimes there may be something going on with your spirit and you come into a community of people and there's somebody in that community that will confirm your spirit and confirm with, you know, just random, like our Sunday services. I'm so grateful for that sacred space that we have like in our group. So shout out to HCR because we have a community of people that are willing to love on each other and hold each other accountable and make each other better. And I feel like that's what's lacking for like your everyday hoodoo now, because you look at all these other African spiritual systems, they have communities, they have houses, they have Elay's shit, like even the black church, right? There's a community there. And when you have community, you have accountability and everything's not so individualistic. And I feel like that's where we went wrong. Cause it's, it's, when you divorce yourself from that, it's just, it's all about you and ain't nobody there to check you. I love this podcast, daughter. I love you. Um, so proud of you. Just want to let you know that Papa's proud. So my next question for you is, but first, before I say that, I had a moment of conviction while I'm even on this podcast because, and um, this is to my members in my into NHC. I love each and every last one of you so much. And thank you all for just making our space what it is to the point where I almost sometimes forget there are truly people out here who do not have a spiritual family or who suffer from the lack or the absence, not maybe because maybe it's not available, but because they're, they're so introverted that it's hard for them to connect with other people or they have so much healing to do that. They cannot even be in a spiritual family because they would taint it. Right. Um, there are people that's truly going through that. And because we are in ritual every Sunday class, every first and last Tuesday. And that's just our life. And it has been for the last few years. It's like, I sometimes forget that this is not the reality 
of the average practitioner today. So when you said, when we divorce community, you know, even when we were scripting, like my soul, like it snatched my soul because I'm like, man, she's, you really want to want to something. And you made up another point about searching for the work on the internet. And it brings me to my next question. I'm so happy to have a spiritual mom. I'm so happy to have a spiritual daughter because there is nothing on the internet that I have found that could beat the stuff that I've learned from my mentors face to face, one on one. Not because I have more than just my spiritual mom. I have I've I've had many a mentors that I've been able to go to on pilgrimage and stuff like that, one on one, and learn things from. And it's nothing that you're. It is one day. With your mentor, one-on-one with them, just going to spend the night over their house. Everything that you will learn in that 24 four hours, will, it, nothing on the internet can trump that experience. Nothing, 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 nothing. So I guess I want to ask you first, being that you have that access, like, what would you say to other practitioners about that? And then my second question to that is, I feel like we lost the mamas and the papas, you know, of hoodoo. What would you say to that? Well, in terms of having a godparent or a mentor, um, I don't think that, well, I think that everybody should have at least a mentor, right? You should surround yourself. I'm an old soul. So I was that kid, three, four years old. I didn't have to sit at the kid's table. I was with my grandma and her grandma, like literally my grandmother's grandmother. That's the table that I sat at with the old folks. So I think that there's something to be said about surrounding yourself with elders. And when I say elders, I don't just mean age. I just mean people that have wisdom, people that have been in the practice longer than you. I think it's invaluable uh, for a myriad of reasons because that I was going to shout you out later for this, but I guess now is the perfect time. Um, I'm very grateful for you because I feel like on my journey um, and my relationship with you specifically, I'm, I'm very grateful because you saw something in me before I saw it in myself and you were willing to pull it out, right? You were willing to bring it forward. Um, and it has been such a joy to sit at your feet and to learn from you. So shout out to you. I love you very much. But for anybody else that's looking for that, I would say, um, at least on the mentorship level, it's necessary because sometimes you just need somebody outside of yourself to really like help direct you and to guide you. Because sometimes, even even today, with all this good stuff I'm talking right now, sometimes I get wrapped up in my own stuff, y'all. And every now and again, I'll get a call from Papa Sia like, hey, hey, like this conversation we just had the other day, like say say what you just said again. And make sure when you say it this time that it's true. Really, really think about what you're saying. You know, sometimes we we get ourselves wrapped up in our own delusions and confusions. And we, you know, we paint this picture of ourselves that may not all the way be authentic. And sometimes it takes somebody else to pull you to the side. <laughs> not this little meme that you posted. <laughs> we have to cut this out. Take somebody uh, to pull you to the side, right? And just really check you on your stuff. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that you never stop learning. I know I've seen people's clubhouse uh, clubhouse bios all the time. Student of the universe. That's a real thing, y'all. 
there should never be a point in time where you're not learning something. My grandma always used to say, watch out for the person that think that they know everything because they don't know a goddamn thing. My granny used to tell me that all of the time. There should always be room for growth, improvement, enlightenment, elevation, and a mentor will give you that. You may not necessarily need a godparent, but we need elders. We need community. And if I could just also shout out my big sisters, you know what I'm saying, for always being there for me, willing to also check me on my stuff, willing to hold me accountable. Like community is so necessary, y'all. I think I think it's absolutely essential. And as far as losing the mamas and papas, I think it's unfortunate. Um, I benefit from having a papa. I benefit from from having, you know, a grandmother in this tradition. Um, I think it's necessary because sometimes that old school stuff, the, the way that they do things, the traditionalism, it could really help and, and enhance your practice. And like, yes, of course, we have to evolve. We've evolved as people. Our our physical state of being has evolved. And so our practice has to evolve with it if, if we want it to survive. It has to adapt. But I think it's totally necessary. And if you think that you're going to get on Google are you going to go to, I ain't going to say no names, but if you go to certain websites and stuff like that and certain Instagram pages and you think that you're going to get all, all the hoodoo that you need, um, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because I found in my own experience that the things that have really worked for me didn't come out of no book. They came out of your mouth at seven o'clock in the morning. They came out of mother's mouth, you know, real late night on the clubhouse. Um, they came to me in dreams, my ancestors. That's that's the biggest thing that you've taught me is that you'll give me a blueprint, but that my spirits will come in and minister to me. My spirits will come in and teach me. And the things that my ancestors show me, y'all, I got ancestors like not even two, three generations ago that didn't even speak English. I'm talking about black people, okay, from Louisiana, don't even speak English, speak Creole. I don't speak French, I speak Spanish. And because I don't speak English, they'll show me photos of things like they'll give me visions of my hands doing certain workings and I'll I'll get up and I'll do it I'll be obedient to that but I wouldn't have even in my head that that type of relationship with my spirits was possible unless I was connected to elders ha- who have already done the same thing I want to say something about them visions of the hands but um that is some I'm about to pull you to the side one-on-one to talk to you about that. Okay. I wish I could talk about that on this podcast, by divisions of the hands. But I'm um, going to just say this. If you know, you know. And if you didn't know, you just learned a little bit something new today. Certain things I wish I could elaborate. I just can't. But, okay. So, to the whole, the the missing of the mamas and the papas, pride, my people. I know that we are so... <laughs> We are so taught to demonize our pride and pride can definitely be a demon. But I think the whole black experience, the whole black experience, the whole black excellent experience, an experience of black excellence is shrouded in pride. I mean, it, we, we, we are a people that once upon a time were stripped of everything to the point where the only thing we had left was our pride and our faith. And even in this quote unquote modern day and age, it's still trying to happen to us mentally and spiritually. They figure like, okay, so we can't do it on a material level. So we're going to strip you spiritually, you know, and I have pride in the fact that a lot of the things that I have learned have been through either at the hands and the feet of my teachers, my own trial and error being guided from my personal spirit guides and my ancestors 
And I'm not saying that the internet and books are not resources because they definitely are. You can definitely learn some stuff from the internet. You can definitely learn some stuff from books. But the majority of it is just trash. That's the truth. And it's sad to see that most of us have pride in Google Institute than saying my spiritual mama is so-and-so. And they told me this. They told me that. My grandmama is so-and-so. My mama is this. And this is how, this is who I am. And this is what I learned. And I, I'm so heavy on reestablishing that. Reestablishing lineage. And y'all know I'm a person that believes in your lineage does not always have to come through your blood. Your lineage can also come through your spiritual connections, through the ties that you create through your families, your mamas, your papas, the people that you're under, your mentors, your teachers. Like your lineage is through your through your guides, to be honest with you. It's not just through your blood ties. So blessed are those of you all who are investing in your mentors, investing in your spiritual journey, investing in yourself and blessed of, of those of you all who are walking the path of leadership because I can't do it by myself. I can't. I'm, I'm not even trying to. I, this podcast is about lifting up everybody on any level. And I prefer to stand with you all than against you all. I'm not with the whole hoodoo competition trying to take, you know, clients and stuff away from each other. I think that everybody is available for somebody who's in alignment for you. So shout out to all my leaders in here that listen to this podcast. I support you just as well as you all support me. Can I speak to that real quick? Of course. What you just said, I just want to piggyback off of your point because something just hit me in my spirit that I really feel like needs to be said. It's a twofold problem when it comes to the loss of the mamas and the papas, right? On one hand, yes, it's a pride thing. But on the other hand, <laughs> our elders they see what we're doing and on a certain level for them, it's almost like they can't even trust us to carry on this torch. They can't even trust us to continue this legacy. So sometimes, yes, there is a pride element, but secondary to that, it is the fact that they got to keep this work going because they, they might know or not even believe that we can. Right. And then on our tip, we over here, again, I ain't going to say no names. As shady as I want to be, I refuse to plug anybody that makes money off a bastardized version of something that my ancestors used to survive. I, I ain't going to be able to do it. But we so quick to go and get a result in 20 seconds, 30 seconds of all of this misinformation. And some of the stuff, y'all, that's on Google University, fuck around and find out if you want to. Play around if you want to. So some of the stuff that they are putting on there, these little recipes and stuff like that, they're going to get you messed up. But go ahead and try that out and then see how that works out for you. We have, there's a pride element for this new generation too, right? Because we feel like because we have the crutch, and yes, I'm calling it a crutch, that is technology, right? Because all we got to do is get on our phone. I don't even have to leave my, my air-conditioned apartment, high-rise apartments, to see what the weather is going to be today. I can go and I can look at a new moon calculator and see when the new moon is. I can see when the full moon is. I, we have divorced ourselves from like the elements of nature that make this practice really what it is, right? And we have all of this access to, 
to technology in our hands with these phones. And because we have that, it's almost like we feel like we don't need the elders and we don't want to sit before the elders and we don't have the time and the patience to cultivate relationships with our elders. So it's really a twofold problem. So if you got, and I'm not just talking about hoodoo now when I say this, if you have elders in your life period, because we all should have at least one. And if you don't have one, find one. Sit at the feet of your, you will never know. I I will never forget. I had a professor tell me this. And ever since he told me this, it has literally changed my life. He said that every time an elder passes away, a book of history dies with them. Y'all, that that hit me so hard in my chest that I have literally made it my mission to build relationships with the old people, the oldest people in my family, just to hear about what they know. So when we talk about mamas and papas, if you got a mama in your life, if you got a papa in your life, it don't even have to be the people that you're related to. Because I can understand how church, uh, how uh, touchy it could be to leave the church. I know, y'all. I grew up Church of God in Christ. It could be real tough when you go to ancestral practices and stuff like that. But if you have elders in your life, connect with them. That we have to, we have to be willing to bridge that gap ourselves and sit at the feet at the of our elders so that they know that we can take on this practice and we can continue their legacy. Beautiful. So I want to take this conversation into the realm of the spirit world. So my first question to you is, why do you think when we get on the internet now, hoodoo conjure and the root work tradition looks like recipes versus rituals? And this is 100% my opinion on it, but I just, I think a lot of it looks more like recipes than rituals. What would you say to that? I don't think you're wrong. I think it's a product of the time that we live in, in the digital age, where people have the attention span of a goldfish and they can't sit through more than 30 seconds of, of information. Um, it's what sells as well. If I'm just being quite honest, it's attractive. It's easy. Because like I said earlier, um, when we first started, maximum impact for the most minimal effort, right? Two cups of salt, a teaspoon of high john, a little bit of hyssop, put it all together, shake it up. Like that, that's the world we live in now, right? Nobody wants to talk about, and that's the, that's why I love to call hoodoo the work. Cause that's what our ancestors called it. It didn't even have a name. It was the work because you're going to have to put some work in to get that result that you want. But yeah, just in summary, to answer your question, that's what sells. That's what's attractive. And it's what's trendy. And, you know, it's so commercialized now. You know, we went from mail in catalogs, mail order catalogs, and now it's just all online. You can go in and you can get you can get an oil, you know, for, for anything, for any type of condition. You can get a candle for anything. And I'm going to just say this real quick as a sidebar. If you are at a certain level in this practice and you're not making some of your own shit, shame on you. I'm just going ahead and say it. It is what it is. I'm sorry. It's true. Not really sorry. Sorry, but not sorry. You Some of that stuff, you need to be touching yourself and making yourself. But that's the time that we live in. People want something that's quick. They want something that's easy. They want something that's aesthetically pleasing. And they want to follow the step to get the result that they want. That's why it look like recipes. And I don't think you're wrong. It do look like recipes. You are my godchild in every in every shape of the world. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so I, I do agree. I mean, okay, I mean, that was my statement. So, of course, I would have to agree with it. But I think now this is why, why I feel like this statement walks us into what I'm talking about with the spirit world. I think a lot of it looks more like recipes than ritual because the whole purpose of ritual is for the spirit. 
the whole purpose of ritual is for to appease the spirit. What if, if I mean that that's that's what it's there for. So when you have a practice or when you have a tradition that has been bastardized to the point where it is now obsolete of the spirit work, of course the work or what is supposed to be the work is going to look more so like a recipe versus a ritual. Because it brings me back to my opening statement of a lot of people coming to this with the material mindset of what I want and they're just looking for a result. They're not looking for soul elevation. They're not looking for enlightenment. And I do believe that hoodoo is a journey that can open up a lot of enlightenment for the black American if you choose to allow this practice to unfold for you in a way where it can. Versus only looking at it from a guise of solely magic. I mean, to me, if you believe in animism and hoodoo is a, a is is a religion of Adam animism, everything is magic. Everything that we touch, every breath that we take, our body, every function is magical to some level. So you don't have to look for magic. You've already found it. You've already found it. That's, you can check that off your list. But what else is there to gain? You see? And spirit work is not like spell work. Let me just start off with that. Spirit work and spell work are two totally different things. I can teach a baby witch a spell and get an amazing result. Why? Because it's a spell. It has a it has a written rule. There's a doctrine behind it. There's a way it's supposed to be worked. So of course it should work. That's what it's supposed to do. But spirit work is individualized, and spirit work is never going to mimic anyone's journey. What my spirit work is going to look like for me is going to look totally different for you, right? But what also what also is a a, a heavy attribute of spirit work is patience. You know, you can't invoke these spirits one time and think that they're going to change your life. You can't invoke them one time and even think that they're going to even respond to you. It takes time. It takes patience, practice, repetition, work, as you like to say. And when you tell someone that, hey, you might have to call upon your ancestors for a year before they respond to you, people don't want to hear that. But if you tell them, hey, if you go do this spell for $9.95, it's going to work. They're going to jump on that. We live very much in a popcorn society. And when if you and if, if your mindset is material, if your mindset is popcorn, you're going to get popcorn results. It's gonna, you're going to get it and then it's going to fizzle out. It's going to fade out. I don't want that in my work. I don't want my spiritual work to look like that. I want my stamp to be something solidified. And I think that is why one reason why we do see spirit work as it relates to the hoodoo practice being, you know, almost deconstructed because people do not want to put in the time and the effort that it takes to build up the relationship with these spirits. My closing statement on this is my spirit mother, my, my spiritual mother always told me, she said, baby, I'm gonna tell you something. When you get to the point where you can say when you can speak it and it materializes, then you come talk to me. And I understand what she means now. Because that is a power that is unspoken. That is a power that you cannot buy. You cannot just pray for that. That is something you have to work for to the point where I don't need the candles. I don't need this. The spirits respond. That is what she meant by that. That's the one right there. So 
let's transition a little bit since you're talking about spirit work into spiritism. First, I want you to tell people what spiritism is, if you could, and then I would like you to talk about how it has has changed your life. If you Google spiritism, of course, you're going to be presented with Alan Carty. And I like, um, as much as I do appreciate and I do I do like Alan Carty, I like to combat the fact that I don't believe that this man created this theology. This is a theology that has existed in every pantheon of indigenous spirituality, that there is a spiritual realm, there exists a hierarchy, we can communicate with these spirits and the spirits will respond to us if we are in the proper communication with them. This exists in every form of indigenous spirituality. This exists in Christianity, <laughs> to be honest with you. So he did not create this theology. He is coined for writing it down and publicizing this theology and putting it on paper for us to ingest and for us to you know, be able to have it in our hands. So that's the first thing that I want to say what spiritism is it is a it's a theology it's a doctrine of theology that we have the ability to communicate with spirits there is a spiritual realm and in this spiritual realm there exists a hierarchy and they are based upon certain grade and upon certain level how that translates depends upon the practitioner the region the practice the tradition what have you so that's what spiritism is it's 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 a it's a way of life it's a thought process honestly to your second question, how has it changed my life? I, I can honestly say that I think that I've always been a spiritist. Um, I think I've always been a spiritual person my entire life. I've always been in communication with higher, higher sources. That's That's always been present in my life. But I think spiritism brought awareness to my practice. I think many of us abuse a lot of our ancestors more than we have balanced relationships with them. I think many of us as black people, because we've been stripped of imagination or we've been, we, we, they've tried to strip us of imagination. We have underutilized our spirit guides, our personal spirit guides. And because of that, I used to be one of those people. I was praying to the spirits that I were aware of. I may have even been using them or overutilizing them in spaces where they couldn't even help me. But once I was educated on the spiritual realm and how things truly do work and how these spirits do exist in a pantheon of grade and hierarchy, I was able to say, okay, so the ancestors are for this, you are for this. You for this. And the expectation that I had diminished. I stopped going to, you know, my altar with expectations and I started pulling, you know, I started presenting myself to the to my altar as a vessel. I started presenting to my altar um open to however spirit was gonna, you know, materialize for me. I started presenting myself to being open to the communications that they had for me. Instead of seeking the knowledge that I wanted, I was open to, okay, what is it that you have for me? What is it that I need to know right now? What is going to be valuable for me right now in this time and in this space? That's what spiritism did for me. Like I I wouldn't say that my practice was off before, but I think that it just kind of balanced things out for me. And I'm able to 
and honestly, I, I think my, my oratory and I've gotten smarter, to be honest with you, because intellectual gods are a real thing. And when they come through, you you get smarter there. You, you, you talk better. You speak better. You start knowing things that you didn't think that you knew because they're the ones that's translating this information to you. So um, that's how it has changed my life. What about you? Well, to answer that question, I got to talk a little. I'm going to be real authentic right now. I got to talk a little bit about who I was before spiritism, right? So I think for me, my entire spiritual journey has kind of like coincided with my journey of self-discovery. And um, because of certain things that I studied in college, I was like a, a African uh, Africana studies major. Certain things that I studied, um, the spirituality just kind of went right along with it. I'm learning about the history of black people, but I want to learn about the history of my people. And I want to know about our practices. And I'm looking and Haiti has this and Nigeria has this and Ghana has this and Cuba has this. Puerto Rico has this. What do we have? Church? Like, I know that can't be right. I know I know there's something before the church. Right. So that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. Um I, I wouldn't even say that when I first started, I, I was a hoodoo practitioner. I literally, I was just venerating my ancestors. Everything was ancestral veneration. And it was a certain type of ancestor, right? I was only interested in uh, one people that I knew and two black folk. That's all I cared about, right? Everything was blickety black, black, black. Call me Marcus Garvey back to Africa. That's what I was on. That's the type of time I was on, right? I had a very restricted practice. Um, I was limited. And I think going into, well, I know going into spiritism, coming out of spiritism, integrating spiritism as a part of my practice has not only evolved, but it's like for me, revolutionized my practice. It's expanded my practice. Um, Being willing to acknowledge and not just only acknowledge, but to utilize the plethora of spirits that are available to me, right? Because I used to think, and it, I'm not gonna lie, y'all, it took some coax, uh, some coaxing from Papa Seer. He was like, "Listen, I want to put you on to something, but he white, and before you say anything, I just I need you to give this a chance, right?" And as soon as he said white, I was like, "Oh nah, I ain't doing it. It's not happening. I'm lickety black for the people you already know about. <laughs> you already know about me. Nah, I ain't going there." But I went ahead and I gave the I gave Spiritism a chance. Um, and I now have access to <laughs> so many types of spirits. They were already there. Right. But it's just my something as simple as willing, being willing to acknowledge these spirits has completely transformed my practice. It's expanded my spiritual court tremendously. It's helped me to become more aware, not only in the spiritual realm, but the things that happen in my everyday life. like. I know the guides that walk with me and I may not know their names. A lot of them don't have names, but I know what I, I know what they are for. I know what they're here to help and assist me with. And um, it's been a, it's, it's growing still. It's evolving still, but it's been a very beautiful journey because I'm not so restricted. Like I'm even to the point now where I'm starting to incorporate saints. And if you know me, you would know that that's not something <laughs> that I ever thought that I was going to do. But it's really just evolved my practice for the better. Um, I don't think that spiritism, I think that it can stand alone as, as its own practice, but you can add it to whatever you're already doing and really enhance it. So for me, it's helped me flow better and to just expand in all areas of my life. 
I love that you added that it can stand alone as its own way because it truly can. So my last question for tonight, and you did answer a little bit of this, but who were you before you were aware of the spiritual realm and just how things worked? How who were you? Would you how would you describe that person? A mess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think a couple people in here know the old me when I first came into HCR and I was just so fiery. And if I could problematic, if you want to cut this out, you can. It's fine. No, I'm I, keeping it keep like it very much office. problematic. Be honest about be honest. No, I'm going to be real. I'm going I'm to I'm give you all a testimony right now. The first time I ever came across Papa Seer, who was at that time Seer Bale, you I came into one of your rooms and you said to me. You are full of so much fire and you are powerful like you would never believe. But if you do not learn how to channel that energy in the right way, you're going to burn the whole fucking world down. That's the first thing you ever said to me. And it's true, y'all. I was so mad. I was so angry. I was loud as hell because I had just spent so much of my life being silenced. Right. Not being silent, not being quiet, but being silenced. And when I finally got into a space where I could utilize that throat chakra, oh, it was being overworked. It was being overutilized. Everything that I wanted to say, everything that I was thinking, I would say it. See your notice. You know, a couple of y'all in here in the audience notice as well. Okay, I was I was hot pepper hot. Okay, very problematic. Ten on ten for sure. That's who I was before, you know, them spirits started to come in and to minister me and like cool me down on a whole nother level. But I was I would say, okay, problematic, I guess is a good word. Don't they cool you down, though? Listen, like a don't they cool you? Of, they pull like cold. They pull cold water over on a you. summer day. OK, like cool water on a summer they day. cool you down. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've been tempered. Y'all know the temperance card in tarot. I don't read tarot, but shout out to tarot. Yes. The temperance card that. Yeah, I, I've cooled down a lot. I think before I speak, because I used to just say whatever was on my mind and I didn't care how messed up it sound. You was going to you was going to get what I was feeling in that moment. Um, Immature. And I would even say um, a little bit apprehensive, right? Like every, I used to be one of those people that kind of let life whoop my ass. I'd be like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And it's just like, I just expected everything to be difficult and expected that I would go through the motions because I didn't, I don't know if I was just like not aware or just didn't believe that I had the power to change my circumstances. So that's who, that's who I was before. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest about that. I definitely was not the hood intellectual, although that was still my name on the social media handles. That's not what I was operating in. It's funny. You um, bring up my old handler, Sir Bayo. So I guess I'm going to answer this question too, before we close out. I was, what's the best word I could describe myself? I don't know, maybe all over the place, so to speak. Um, I feel like I was maybe even a little dark, sort of dark. I think I was utilizing all my guides and my spirits for all of the wrong things, very material 
I mean, it's no, you know, you know, very material. Um, I wasn't really aware of the enlightenment that was in front of me. I wanted what I could see in front of me. And I was hot spirited. <laughs> uh, what's the word? Like, yeah, I know they, they still call me hoodoo Kevin Samuels, but I was that on a whole nother level back then. And just, I don't know, like, I just was so fiery, like, you know, just real fire. I even, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna admit this to y'all. Like, the hardest thing for me to do is to go listen to my old podcast episodes, like the very first ones. Even though those are some of the best episodes, my tone was just so like fire and brimstone. And I feel like once I started really, really like being aware and connected with my intellectual guys and just like you said, it's like they just pour cool water over you. They just calm you down. They calm you down. And I think I really needed that. I think I needed to just be balanced out because I just I, I I have such a fiery iron spirit. And they just poured this cool water over me and said, look, let me just show you this in a different way. Let us minister to you. And I've been enjoying just being quiet and just learning from them. And um, so I'm, I'm not that little boy anymore. You know, Sir Bale was a little boy, still powerful and exceptional, but Papa Sear is a grown man and doing grown man things and just walking in the enlightenment of spirit, God, my ancestors, and whatever else the universe has opened up for me. So that's who I was. Woo! Daughter, this has been great. This has been good. Honestly, I'm trying not to get emotional, but like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have any um, you know, closing words for us? I would just encourage each and every one of you to not only I say this all the time, um, to take time with yourself, be more gentle with yourself. This is not a rat race. That's our problem. We're so plugged in to what everybody else is doing. Take a break, unplug, and enjoy your journey. And don't con don't compare your journey to anyone else's because what's for you is for you your gifts are your gifts your guides are your guides your ancestors are your ancestors right and really just take the time to enjoy spirit ministering to you whatever that looks like I feel like these days we all want to be the next Marie Laveau we all want to be the next you know what I'm saying uh, just just the, the next big thing when it comes to these practices and it's like that may not be for you maybe it is but you'll never know if you're so busy comparing yourself to what everybody else but take the time to invest in your journey and really just ride it out what's for you is for you it might be in your cards to for 10, 15 years for you to develop the relationship that you need to develop with the spirits that you need to develop it with. That's fine. It's your own personal journey. I don't want anybody to deviate from their path by looking at this person that's been doing reading since they was five years old. Mind the business that pays you and worry about yourself, right? What's for you is for you. No devil in hell can take it. I know who do we don't believe in him, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? I came from the church. It was always hell there. No devil in hell can take it from you. No boo hag, no hate. What's for you is for you. Enjoy your journey. 
be gentle with yourself and love on your spirits. Cultivate that those relationships. Y'all, when I tell you, there are countless spirits that are waiting and willing to help you and assist you on your journey. Well, family, everyone can benefit from, from acknowledging and building relationships with the spirit realm. Access to these spirits is not limited to any particular group of people. Spiritism is for everyone, especially those who work in conjure. Spiritism can help you grow and expand your relationships with various types of spirits, regardless of your personal religion or practice. It is a belief system that teaches that spirits exist and can communicate with humans. It also teaches that spirits can help or harm humans. And that is important to build positive relationships with them. This doctrine is practiced by people all over the world, and there are many different branches. There are many benefits to acknowledging and building relationships with the spirit realm. One benefit is that it can help you understand yourself and your place in the universe. And it can also help you connect with your ancestors and other loved ones who have passed away. Additionally, you can help develop psychic abilities and connect with the divine. The door is open for each and every last one of you to join us on August. Myself and the Hood Intellectual will be undergoing an eight-week course on spiritism. All of the information is available on hoodoocontrarootwork.com on the Hood on the homepage as well as under classes. Or if you're live with us tonight, usually you can use the link in the room and gather all the information that you need there. As always, family, I want to remind each and every last one of you. You are divine. Your bloodline is divine. You come from the best of the best. You were not here for no reason. Spirit led you here. Your higher spirits led you here. Your intellectual guides led you here. Your benevolent spirits led you here. And ultimately, they are still guiding you and leading you exactly where you need to go to your ultimate purpose. I bless you. You're coming. You're going. As you go to sleep tonight, may you dream blissful dreams may you meet your angels your guides and your most beautiful benevolent spirits in your dreams may they minister to you knowledge of the secrets of the ancients of the past future and the present may your hands be like the Midas touch may the things that you touch materialize as if they were gold my people i send you out in love light peace most importantly protection and with that my people we me and the hood intellectual we release you into the atmosphere thanks for listening to the hoodoo and chill podcast be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts leave us a five-star rating and let us know how much you enjoyed the show as always donations of love keep our podcast alive and give us the ability to enhance our content Please use one of the donation links in the description to send a donation of love today. And we'll see you on the next episode of Hoodoo and Chill.